Welcome to Schooled by Mr. Baskin. I have been working with young people for 27 years plus now, and I've loved it, all of it, even the tough times. And I kind of want to use this time to reconnect with former students, see where they are in their life, see the impact of their education and their time in my class on their lives and where they are now, and just see how they progressed in that time. You know, and hopefully share a couple of laughs while we're doing it. Hey guys, it's Mr. Bascom. I just wanted to thank all of you that have been following and listening to my podcast, Schooled by Mr. Bascom. I hope you continue to do that and spread the word. The more listeners I get, the more likely I am to keep doing this. And I like doing this and hopefully you're getting something out of it too. So follow, listen, and subscribe and spread the word. I am happy to have Danielle Taylor with us. Danielle <laughs> Uh, was Danielle Cordero when I taught her many, many years ago. She was a student of mine in uh, IS-162 mm -hmm. in District 7 in the Bronx over by St. Mary's Park. And um, I taught her in 2002 and 2003. Is that possible? Was it that long ago? Yeah, but when you say it that way, it makes I'm, me feel you, old. It makes me feel ancient, you know? So, I mean, I was, I'm 50, you know? So the idea that, oh my gosh, you know? You were a kid and now you're a peer. It blows my mind. Um, but she is one of the first people that not only did I teach, but I also worked with. And as a colleague, she led the directions for our youth program at Van Ness Academy at VNA for several years. And the kids loved her there. And she made a, a big impact on a lot of kids, uh, a lot of the same kids that I worked with. So I got to hear the skinny about what Danielle was doing with them or Miss D as she was known by the kids. So, uh, Danielle, how are you? I'm doing, I'm doing well and, and happy to have this conversation. And you are the only teacher that I've ever had the pleasure of learning from and then working with. Um, and I stayed, you know, kind of in touch all these years, even before we started working together and kind of kept appraised to your movements because you were my favorite teacher. And part of the reason that I got into working with kids in the first place. So it was, uh, it was a good experience to kind of make it full circle to start working with you when you were the reason I started in the beginning. So oh. it was interesting. That, that means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, when we were at 162, I, I got there in 2000 and the school had a very good reputation. And one of the things that drew me to the school was that they had a, a gifted and talented program and they had a band program. Now I love music, but I cannot hold a note. I cannot play an instrument very well, but I remember you were part of the band, right? I did. I learned from Miss Kastner how to play the saxophone, and I still can play the saxophone. And I've taught my son how to read music from Miss Kastner. Wow, that's that's amazing. I still keep in touch with her a little bit. We uh, the last several years, you know, we lost contact. But part of the thing I love about Facebook is that you you're ne never really that far away. But um, I'm curious though. So let's let's start at the beginning. You know, so you're at I, at IS162. So I assume you you grew up over there in, in that area, and what was that like? You know, like a lot of our kids now, you know, they're from the Bronx, but from different elements of the Bronx and the Bronx is quite a bit different over the years. It evolves and grows and changes. So what was mm -hmm. it like for you growing up? So I'm from the South, South Bronx. I mean, like we can walk straight to Manhattan. Um, so that's how South we were, but it was mm -hmm. home. You know what I mean? It, it's not to say that it wasn't without its drama, you know, neighborhood drama and random scary moment in the street and things like that but it's what I knew it was home and I had good parents who fortunately 
you know, taught me right from wrong and kept me as safe as they could. And I got to be in that gifted and talented program, um, which I wouldn't have done without, you know, supportive parents like that. And so, I mean, it was okay. It's what I knew. So, you know, I'm a product of what I knew and it's, it was fine. I, I thought 162, especially in the years that you were there, really took kids and, and tried to show them something more, whether it was through music or offering them different types of classes. And a lot of the kids, I, you know, I've always tried to keep in contact with, with my former students. And so many, there's so many more success stories out of 162 and out of the Bronx than people think. And I'm curious, how do you think those years sort of molded you and kind of prepared you as you went into Clinton High School afterward and, and so on? I think that even even now growing up, I think that my experiences from where I grew up and as a kid and everything that came in between obviously made me who I was, made me in my working with kids. It wasn't just the teachers that I had experienced, but it was the things in life that I had experienced and that sense of knowing where people are coming from and understanding that people are people and kind of remembering what it's like to be a kid mm. that helped me be able to work with kids. Um, and so I think all of those things where I'm from and the experiences I had at 162 and all of those things lead to even the way that I parent today, you know what I mean? So it's all just super defining, I think. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting what you brought up that, you know, it helps you as an adult. You remember the things you went through as a kid and that, that helps you as a teacher, as a parent. And I have found that Sometimes we become adults and you forget what it was like to be a kid and we almost get a little judgmental sometimes like, wait a minute, we were confused and frustrated and, and, and melodramatic when we were kids. And, you know, we figured those things out and we built ourselves from those experiences, hopefully for the better, sometimes for the worse, but, but those experiences are important to remember when you're working with young people. And it, it, it drives me nuts, to be honest, I've been teaching forever and I love it. But sometimes people are like, these kids today, they, they go to that thing and it's like, wait a minute, you know, we were kids too. And we weren't, we were no angels. You know, I, I, I grew up in the Bronx and then we moved upstate and things. So I, I didn't have, I had different sorts of challenges, but we, we all had some challenges that we went through. And, and like you said, going through where, you know, coming up where you came up, you know, it molded you into the, the, the people you are today, the person you are today. You know, so. Absolutely. I think it was those, those difficult ones that, you know, people would be like, oh, this kid is this and that, that I connected with the most, because I think that I saw something there. And I think I saw this is just a kid who's gone through something, who's kind of projecting it in this way. And all it takes is the patients to sit and have that conversation and say, hey, you know, what's going on? Just like talk to Mm -hmm. me about it to kind of really make a difference. And that was what I experienced the most working at D4 that I loved that that was like my soul, my soul challenge before it was, it really was. Well, how did you get involved in that? I know you went to, to Clinton High School and then, you know, I, I'm, I, for truth be told, for those of you listening and watching, I send all of the people that I'm interviewing sort of a Google form to kind of get some information, kind of to, you know, retrace our steps a little bit. So I know you went to college and things like that. I know you went to John Jay and you started your master's program and things, but how does that transition you into directions for our youth? So I think it's kind of a real life story, right? I went to, I grew up where I grew up and I was doing pretty great elementary school, middle school. Then I went to high school and I played softball and I was pretty good athlete. And that made me a little pompous. I'll be honest. 
Um, and, you know, I got into a lot of trouble when I was in high school of the, you know, and I always got out of trouble because I was a good, a good athlete and they needed me on the team. And that kind of story you see on TV does kind of exist. Um, and it made me not responsible for a lot of my behaviors um, going through high school. And then when I got to college, I started John Jay and my major was police studies. Um, I was sticking with that, you know, rough, tough, rugged thing that I was doing in high school. Um, and I learned really quickly that the behaviors that I got out of trouble for in high school were not going to be accepted in college. And so when I went to college, I did a year before acting a fool, getting kicked out, and then had to kind of reevaluate my life and realize that, hey, you know, you got to grow up at some point. And just because you're in college and you're a grown up doesn't mean that you're a grown up. Um, and so I tried to think back to kind of times in my life where I was happy, not, not necessarily happy because I wasn't unhappy, but not getting in trouble. I think mm -hmm. times in my life where I was doing well and not getting in trouble. And it brought me back to, well, I had a great middle school experience. You know what I mean? And that's when I was like, well, okay, why and what? And I thought of some of the teachers that I had. And I said, you know what? I want to make other people feel the way they made me feel. And I started working in after school programs. Um, and I, even when I went to DFOI, I started as just I was the first middle school counselor or teacher, I, you know, count after school counselor that they had. Um, and I fell in love with the kids and making them feel the way that I felt when I was in their shoes. And we built a whole program out of it. And from then I was kind of sold on kids or what I want to do for the rest of my life. And still to this day, I'm in the field. So and you're still working with children today. You're, I know you're, you're not a dentist anymore, obviously. And um, what are you doing with yourself now? I actually, so I left the Bronx. Um, I became a parent um, shortly after I started college. And when I realized, okay, I've got to turn my life around and be an adult, I was also becoming a parent. Mm -hmm. um, and that led to a lot of that introspection. And I think at a certain point when my son got to an age when he was in school, I thought I got to get out of here. Um, mm -hmm. So we moved away. We live in Pennsylvania now. And when I came here, I actually went to work in juvenile corrections to build a program just like Defoy in the juvenile justice system. Wow. And I was there for a while, um, built that program, left it in the good hands of the people that were there. Then I moved on to study psychosis in youth, first episode psychosis wow. in youth, which, um, and the crisis intervention of all of those things and how, you know, those things kind of affect, you know, how trauma, all of these things that play into first episode psychosis. And now I'm at children and youth and they're putting me through for my master's and I'm, I'm working with families in the community that you know, really just turned left when I turned right or didn't figure it out as quick as I figured it out. Families mm. that could have been me very, very long ago. I'm working with them, hoping to help them figure it out before it's too late. Yeah, that's phenomenal. That's, I'm so proud of you. Not that you need me to say that you're, you're you know, but that's just, that's phenomenal that, you know, you, you took your experiences and, and rather than, you know, dwell on the negative parts of them, you dwell on the positive parts of them and use those experiences to really not just help people in DFOI, but help people in multiple states now, you know, and, and like build a program 
you know, and, and that's phenomenal. I, I, I like that you said that, you know, they went one direction, I went the other. And it, it, but for that, we could have, you know, very similar life paths or very different life paths. And I think, again, like, we can't forget what it was like to go through adversity. We can't forget what it's like to be a kid and to be a kid that sometimes feels, you know, ignored or neglected or unappreciated. And, you know, I think that's what, that's where, where your magic comes in. You know, you were just Miss D and after school, but it was like, no, nah, but that was a lot to those kids. That was a, a welcome relief from the drudgery school. I mean, I love teaching. I try to make my class not boring. I always try to be engaging, but let's be honest. Most classes aren't like that. And, um, you know, teachers mean well, but sometimes school can be boring, you know, regardless who's the teacher. And that after school program for a lot of those kids, it was first, it was a, a relief from the school day, but it was more than that for them. It was like, it was a second home, you know, and I've seen so many of those kids. I told a lot of them that I was interviewing you. And these are kids that you might've known from three or four or five years ago, even. And they're like, oh, I missed E. Like they, like that, it meant that much. So it, it must be gratifying. You know? It is because I really, I truly loved a lot. Those kids were like my babies, you know what I mean? And so I've even tried to kind of keep a praise to what some of them are doing. And I, I, I really hope, I, I truly wish that they're all doing well because they really were, yeah. they were my babies. They were part of my journey, you know what I mean? If that makes sense. So yeah. I, you know, I'll watch and see if I see some of their videos in the future. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the questions I ask is, you know, if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, if you could talk to the eighth grade version of yourself, what would you, what would you say to yourself? What would you say to that younger version of yourself, that middle schooler? I think I would say that it, I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? I trust yourself to figure it out mm -hmm. because, you know, there were times, like I said, there where I wasn't making the best choices and I was comfortable in what I was doing. And I was, you know, a younger parent and I was kicked out of college and it seemed really grim there, but I had to trust myself and trust that I could think it through and that I could figure it out and come out on the other side. And mm. so I think I would just say, trust yourself. It's going to be okay. You, you're capable of a lot more than you know, and then mm. you think. That's good. That's, I, I like that. You know, the idea that sometimes we get caught up in the, the drama of being a young person. We think everything is right at that moment. And there's, there's a lot more happening after the fact, you know? So that's a good piece of advice that I think our, hopefully my younger viewers at some point and, and listeners will appreciate at some point, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a common theme amongst the people that I've spoken to, you know, it's going to be all right. Calm down. It's, you know, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll get through this. Do, uh, do you still keep in contact with any of the, the people from, from back in the day at all? I'm curious. I have some of them on Facebook. I don't keep in contact with them via text message or any personal mm -hmm. thing like that. There was only one student um, that I had ever spoken to via text message. And that was at a point in time where it seemed that he had hit rock bottom. And I just wanted to make it clear, hey, I'm here for, you know, I had already moved past Foy, but I was still keeping appraised with everybody on the internet. And I found the phone number and I was like, I'm still here for you if you ever need. Um, and that's the only time I've ever reached out that way. Um, but I've kept, I've kept an eye on them on social media and seen how much they've grown and how beautiful they are now. And some of them still pains in the butts, but uh, you got to love them for it. So what about from 162? Do you, your friends from back in the day, do you talk to any of them or maybe even, you know, 
communicate with them my still? Friends. I met her in seventh grade. Who is this? She, she was on the third floor. So I don't know oh. if you would know her, yeah. but you would know. So I don't know if you remember Karina Bermillo. I, yeah. I, I kept in contact with her. We were very close for a very long time. Wow. Um, Jasmine Cardoza. Wow. We had stayed in touch for a long time. And then Clarely Fernandez is the one I met her through Jasmine Cardoza. She was on the third floor and she was in my wedding. She is still one of my very best friends. Yeah. Um, so I, I keep in touch with her. That's pretty cool. Do you have any fun memories or like whether it was a lesson or a laugh or something that that took place, whether it was in my class or just in your time at, at, at 162? You know, I'm just curious. You have uh, maybe something in, in mind, whether it's being at St. Mary's Park or, you know, just some funny thing that happened in band or if you don't, it's all good. But no, cool. I do. Two things come to my mind, which interestingly enough, both of them involve you. <laughs> one was that it was like this competition to make sure it was you did this fun like percentage of how many people showed up for class and how many people did their homework and yep. it was like homework. this competition between every class on the floor and we got real serious about it we were just like no you got to come to class no you can't be absent tomorrow like it got really crazy because <laughs> we all wanted to win because we would get to go to the park and have like a field day and it was just so fun and we would get so mad at each other you didn't do your homework who didn't do the homework like we would be out for <laughs> when somebody didn't do their homework and it was just in hindsight we didn't realize you were making us do our homework um we just wanted to win so yeah. i remember that and the one other thing that really comes to my mind you were teaching us, I think it had to be about one of the world wars. And you taught us about the world war by separating us into three tables and arming us with paper balls. And kind of, so this person was mad at this person and you throw balls at them. And so we're throwing balls at them. And then this person gets involved and you have no idea where they came from. And they start throwing balls at us. And it just became an all out world war in the classroom but i really understood just how and it was so much fun and so like such a really cool way to learn about it you know what i mean and so i definitely that was the moment i think that i thought hey when i think back now yeah i want to work with kids and make them feel the way that i felt i think that was the one that was Thank a that's, yeah I, I i think i was thinking about either alliances or fighting on multiple fronts it might have been germany fighting on the eastern and the western front but yeah sometimes i you know it's just like you want to keep your kids engaged you know and, and that's kind of something you got very good at you know in, in the time that we worked together just making sure i never saw kids just you know leaning on a wall bored you know <laughs> and i think that's really important because that that's a jumping off point if that's your baseline just I like being here. I'm not miserable. And when you're a 12, 13, 14 year old kid, sometimes the default feels like miserable. You know, like, oh, you know, you, you learn how to roll your eyes. You learn, you learn sarcasm at that age. And, you know, so if you can find somebody that makes you feel interested in what you're doing and makes you feel like they're glad that you're interested in what they're doing, that's a great baseline. That's a great jumping off point. So thank you. You know, that uh, I'm glad I could play a small part in your development, but, uh, You've grown way past that. Again, I, um, 
I'm really happy to know that you're still working with young people and you're making a positive impact on their lives. We need more people doing that, you know? And it, it feels like from, from just this time of catching up here that, you know, it was just, I wanna make people feel like how I felt, you know, that, that's something you've said two or three times today. And I think that's really important. It's like, yeah, I, I, why wouldn't you wanna share that? Why wouldn't you want somebody to feel a little bit better, especially when you're fully capable of doing it? You know, world be a lot nicer if people felt like that a little bit more often, you know? Absolutely. So Danielle, thank you so much for doing this. It, it means a lot. Um, it's funny, um, the kids these days are on, you know, Snap or they're on, on TikTok and, or Instagram. And I'm an old man for being on Facebook, but I don't care. It's kept me in contact <laughs> with you and so many people and it makes me, that makes me feel young, you know? So, um, and I'm hoping that, you know, kids would watch this and, and, and people in our age bracket as well. It doesn't have to be, you know, just young people just see this and go, yeah, I, I like that feeling. I, I can relate to these things too. And, you know, and, uh, keep making that positive impact. It, it, it really matters. It's really appreciated. You know, Thank you so. for inviting me. I thought, I mean, I jumped at the opportunity. I thought it was such a really good idea and nice just to catch up with you. And, and, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm going to be watching for some of my, for some of my, uh, for some of my babies from DFOI and see if yeah. they, they, they got anything to say. Yeah. You, you never really stop watching them too. It's funny because you guys were always my kids and now it gets confusing at home. I have Dallas and Kyla and I'm like my kids, I mean, my school kids, I have to like qualify it now, but yeah, you, you'll keep watching them. You, that, that's, that's who you are. That's, that's the stuff that you have inside of you that makes you special. So thank you so much once again. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. I hope you're following, listening, subscribing, and spreading the word. Leave some positive feedback for me, whether it's a positive review on wherever you're listening to this or just sending me an email. You can shoot me an email at socialstudiesbascom at gmail.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Hope life's going good, and I hope it keeps getting better. Be good.